Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name is Ali. I'm joined by my friend James, all the way in the heart of Texas. <laughs> from You're an, not going to say it? No, I'm not going to say it. From an undisclosed <laughs> location. <laughs> yeah, We're actually uh, live from a burned out, hollowed out Hollywood video mm. for Halloween. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's my retirement plan, personally. <laughs> but it's not just us two. We are joined by our very special guest, Cole Benson. Hi, Cole. Hello. Uh, hey. Cole is a very close friend and musical collaborator of mine. Uh, we play in the band Another Heaven together. Cole plays in a bunch of bands. Um, his project is called Livid. It's a great doom metal band on prosthetic records. They have a really sick LP you can go listen to. Um, he also plays in the band Serac, another sick band working on a record. We got that in the process. Um, what am I missing? That's it, right? That's it. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Sick. Cole, like me, used to do the Minneapolis thing of being in like 18 bands, but you got to <laughs> cut that out at some point. Um, Been there, done that. But today, uh, we've gathered here on this occasion. It's Halloween. Or it's going to be yes. when you hear this. Like, two days before <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Pretending is hard. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about The Evil Within, the scariest game, because it's so hard to love. Well, and it is legitimately scary at points. Yeah. But it does a lot of things, or at least it attempts to do a lot of things with mixed results, but you can't help but love it. Yeah. That's been my experience with it. And I've said before on the show that I'm not entirely sure if I love it because of like Stockholm Syndrome or (laughs) if it's like legitimately one of my favorite games, but I do. Mm. And I can't do anything about it now. It's just, it's been done. First playthrough, brutal. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Horrifying. It's like they were trying to get you to turn it off. Yeah. There were legitimately some points where I like paused the game and said like, fuck i hate this game yeah it's so much anxiety <laughs> you know? and they're really early on and like we'll get into like because i definitely want to talk about like the problems with the early part of this game but uh yeah i mean there's still a lot to love here well there's just a lot of game and we'll get into that too but yeah for sure but before we get too deep into it as always this episode is brought to you by you you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness to learn how you can support the show and help us do what we do. We've been getting a lot more people on there. Uh, we're doing exclusive content for it, which is sick. Yeah. Um, there's a really cool companion episode to this episode, in fact, that we're going to do. Um, so, yeah. But you have to pay us to listen to it. It's not free. This is the freebie. You're already getting it right now. Well, like, I mean, it's it's supplemental content. <laughs> the, the meat and bones of our show is always going to be free. Yeah, exactly. But also you should like pay us stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep it free pay at us. heart, but yeah. Charge a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's like we're musicians. We do so much free fucking labor. That fucking JHS pedals guy has the audacity <laughs> to charge people five bucks. Yeah. Weirdo Christian guy. What happened to that dude's eyebrows? Shaved him off. Jesus took him. Like, <laughs> Jesus wanted his eyebrows for a sunbeam. <laughs> he had to sacrifice them for a hundred subs on YouTube. <laughs> Look, normal people don't shave their eyebrows. 
I do, and here's why. <laughs> it's a whole episode about that. <laughs> Top five overdrive pedals to play after you shave your eyebrows. <laughs> One of them is his. <laughs> They're all his. Dude. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? The bonsai. <laughs> Top five worst pedals over five hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, all mine. <laughs> I didn't really understand the appeal until I shaved my eyebrows, <laughs> and I designed it. Wow. Okay. So if you don't play guitar, that just went right past you. Zowie. And Zowie. Uh, <laughs> bye. Bye to the new listeners. Yeah. Bye. See you guys later. Check out that Patreon episode. <laughs> god damn it god damn it um anyway the other perennial reminder is that zero brightness is a club and we'll tell you what we're going to play next it'll probably be a voiceover that i do alone (laughs) but uh we do tell you so you can play along at home if you'd like to also jump in the patreon and talk shit with us while we play these games yeah the discord the discord is sick the discord jesus christ it's okay yeah edit oh follow them on instagram too Oh, yeah, we got an Instagram. Who posts on that? That's James. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I just steal memes, basically. Yeah, and that's great. That's every yeah. good Instagram account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, Evil Within. Like, I feel like the best way to talk about, get started talking about this game is, like, how you started playing this game or how you got into this game. So, mm. I'm going to ask our guest first, because we have a guest. Like... What was your experience playing this game for the first time? Uh, I got it on its release day. Holy so shit. I've played it. So I played wow. it on PS3 in 2014. And it was like horrible. It was so hard. <laughs> I just hadn't played a game like this ever. I liked horror games, but nothing like even remotely close to this. So it was like, oh God. <laughs> Every day was just <laughs> anxiety and took me like i think a year to finish it holy shit yeah god damn yeah i mean for me it was like when i got back into playing games which was probably around 2015 or 2016 or no, it was probably like 2016 um i was really excited to play this game because it's shinji mikami and i love yeah. resident evil 4 and blah 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 so i got it and yeah it was just immediately like what is this garbage like it's so hard it ran like shit And I, so the crazy thing is that I had like a graphics card that was from like the year after this game came out. So I figured I should be able to handle it and it totally couldn't. And it was just like such a shitty experience. And I just just was like, fuck this game. But then I just kept coming back to it and I don't know why. And then eventually I got a better graphics card and a better computer and suddenly it ran better, looked better. And I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get this. Mm. So... But I definitely had that... I, God, I had it for a while after I bought it where I was just like, man, fuck this. I'm not playing this bullshit. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. James, I feel like you had a similar experience, except maybe even less well, forgiving. <laughs> yeah, I got it on like a Steam sale for like $5. It was one of those like fuck it purchases. Right. And uh, I mean, I played it. Uh, so I really like the introduction to this game and maybe like the first 15 20 minutes of gameplay uh it's legitimately like freaky and scary and unsettling like it puts stress in your body um but then you know we'll talk about this later but chapter you get to chapter three and you just like hit this like wall and it's hmm, it's not really a difficulty wall but like the game switches gears like significantly 
and it doesn't really teach you how to play it right unless you just like bang your head against that wall and get through it and then the more you play after that like chapter four and five and six you get more acclimated to how the game wants you to play and i think that's when it stops being frustrating and starts being fun yeah well that's kind of my whole take on this game is that it doesn't teach you how to play it and it does a really really bad job of acclimating you to the game the only way that i figured out how to really play it was by playing the sequel which is that's a pretty bad sign and like even the playthrough i did before i played the sequel was just still kind of janky like it took me forever i think it took me like 20 plus hours holy shit and then when i did the playthrough again for this show it was like eight hours because i just knew yeah, there's like a mm. ton of questions are answered second playthrough. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, I know what I'm doing now. The uh, the first level, you know, when you're like locked up, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> How do you even get through this? Yeah. That was my first experience. I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, yeah. What am I doing here? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, you're just upside down. You're like, fuck, I'm, this is it. I'm done. <laughs> I don't like it's, this. It's just like you're playing the dead body on the floor in Saw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting for the just game to be over. <laughs> oh, I guess this is it. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Let's talk a little bit about the release of this game. Um, it came out in 2014. Is developed by Shinji Mikami and his company, Tango Gameworks, that he started after he left Capcom, after he left Clover, and platinum games burn sweet C- logo by the way tango yeah, yeah. aka the worst logo <laughs> i gotta take a peek it kind of looks like a <laughs> snail it's pretty good if you like snails it should be like a dancer mm. oh god yeah it is a fucking snail <laughs> it's like <laughs> windows 98 clip art i would wear a shirt with that on it <laughs> <laughs> i'd wear a leather jacket with that screen printed on the back an XL Shit. that doesn't fit. Oh, a double X, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, one of those, like, denim jackets, the heavy metal jackets with the painted back. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll hand paint that. The, the yeah. eyes would be tricky. It's got, like, <laughs> <laughs> cartoon eyes. <laughs> yeah, like, surprisingly, like, well-rendered eyes <laughs> on clip art. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's pretty bad yeah it's pretty brutal shit a lot of green oh well, green's in <laughs> you know you know that was like designed by like a board of dudes in suits <laughs> yeah <laughs> that take themselves very seriously yeah. there was a lot of pointing <laughs> they don't know what tango is <laughs> Duh, tango hmm it looks like it was designed on one of those like clear plastic iMac. <laughs> <laughs> one of the ones that looks like an apple. Actually, it looks like a little treat. Well, and you don't really understand the logo until you've seen the animation when the game starts up, and it's got this like GameCube kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. it's like Tango GameWorks. We only make gory horror games. Dun dun dun. So, 2014, Shinji Mikami and Tango. Um, it had a very rough release. Um, it was extremely buggy and kind of like I alluded to earlier, it was clearly too much for the hardware that it was first released on. Originally mm-hmm. released on like 360 PS3. Um, 
way, way too much going on for that hardware. It ran really, really poorly, like really bad frame rate. It, it was borderline unplayable in places. Um, but in addition to that, it was extremely buggy. It still is kind of buggy, but it was like crazy buggy, which makes sense. It was published by Bethesda, so that's on brand. But um, it also had some very weird features, some of which got patched out and some of which didn't. The big one is the letterbox mode, which is that at some point late in development, Shinji Mikami had a thought that's actually a good thought. The thought was it sucks in a game when you transition between gameplay and cutscenes, and like the aspect ratio is different. So he was like, yeah, what if we just put black bars on the whole game? But the game is not like widescreen aspect. So they literally just overlaid black bars over a full screen. So they cut out 30% of the frame. And it's like impossible to play. It's really awful. Yeah. (laughs) And initially you couldn't turn that off. Like that was just the way the game was. And it got a patch later that let you turn that off and also helped with the performance. But that is still just like one of the most insane things that anyone has ever done in a video game. Just like yeah. cut out 30% of the frame. Well, totally. And it, you know, ultra wide gaming is pretty cool. I've got like an ultra wide monitor at work. But the the field of view is just insane. The problem with this game is that like the camera is like right up homie's ass the yeah. entire time. Yeah, you can't see and, anything. Yeah. And yeah, and the field of view is so like cropped in, like you can't see shit like hey, you ever. Can- first playthrough i walked by enemies all the time oh, yeah. i would just yeah. like walk by them and it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> they're just there and you're like oh i didn't see that guy at all <laughs> yeah it's just like a hand comes in from off screen because i didn't do you. a full 360 <laughs> <laughs> whoopsie scan the area you didn't do a tony hawk yeah. yeah dude exactly so eventually they got a patch to get rid of that to let you turn it off um, and to improve the performance. However, there's another big problem with the game, which is that they put in really stupid difficulty names. So basically the easy mode in this game, which I would argue is basically the same difficulty as normal in Resident Evil 4, mm-hmm. is called casual, which yeah. is like a gigantic troll to get people to not pick it because nobody It also wants- has an insulting description under the name. Mm-hmm. Is it? It's like, yeah, it says like it's something about like, oh, this game is for like weak people. Yeah. I mean, this difficulty <laughs> yeah. is like, yeah. It basically says like not the style of game. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, which is hilarious because. It's still really hard. It's still really <laughs> yeah. hard. I died 60 times in my playthrough because yeah. it gives you a tally at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny because the things that it adds in for the quote-unquote casual mode which is always my recommendation for people to play is that it has aim assist which resident evil 4 had it gives you an indicator to let you know whether or not enemies can see you which basically makes the game playable and it makes enemies take less hits i don't even think it gives you more ammo it's the same ammo drops it's just that enemies take less Oh, so, yeah, you don't have to shoot them as many times. Yeah, because, yeah. like, we did um, the Resident Evil remake, and in that one, the easy mode just doubles the ammo drops, and it kind of breaks the game. So it's oh. like every time you pick up, like, 10 bullets, you get 20. Oh, gotcha. This yeah, game isn't like that. It's still no, at all. scarce. Yeah. Yeah, you still get t- two bullets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just that you have a chance to kill an enemy with two to three bullets yeah. instead of in normal mode. Uh, one thing that's super frustrating... <laughs> um, 
sometimes you'll see a box of bullets, like the icon for the like the actual 3D model for the bullets will show like five shotgun shells, and you pick it up, and it's actually one shotgun shell. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think there's a meme about that. Oh yeah, you posted it on our yeah. Instagram. Follow us on our Instagram. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I played on survival this time. Holy shit! I've done it on that twice now, and this time I couldn't finish it, but um, wow. just didn't have time. But yeah, it's way harder. Yeah, it's just horrible. Yeah, totally. So. Um, so. I don't know. I think that's a big problem with the game is that it tries to get you away from or it tries to dissuade you from picking the difficulty that actually makes it most playable. Um, so that those issues, in addition to some others, have made it a pretty polarizing game. Uh, despite reviewing and selling well, it has a really mixed reputation amongst players and critics. Um, I think a big part of that was the marketing that I don't think helped the game at all. It was marketed as a return to survival horror, and that was even in Mikami's own words, was that he felt like horror games had lost the plot and he was going to fix it and blah, blah, blah. But it's not old school survival horror, and it's definitely not like pure horror. There's a lot of action, you know? Yeah, not at all. I mean, I think that's probably doing the game a disservice. It's it's definitely an action horror game with Heavy shooting elements. I mean, you can't not shoot at things in this game. Yeah, totally. So. I mean, to me, it's like a hybrid of survival horror, RE4 style action, really intense difficulty, stealth, and then these like cinematic horror segments. And one thing that's funny about the stealth uh, is that it's really primitive. Like, you can't hide behind things. Right. Like, there's no like snap to cover kind of mechanic but the dlc adds that Mm. and the dlc really pushes the stealth element and rolls back the combat so yeah yeah the stealth felt like pretty bare bones and i wish it was a little more fleshed out well and so that's the perspective i got from playing the sequel is that Mm. the stealth is a way bigger part of it and it's more fleshed out so you realize that that's how you're supposed to play the game and once you play it that way, it actually works really well. Because even in this game with the stealth being kind of dumb, like at least trying makes the game better. Because like even if a dude spots totally. you, you can just kill him and then continue stealthing around or just like, you know, hide and wait for things to cool off. The game doesn't tell you to do any of this stuff. No. Like right. when you boot it up, it's so much like it looks so much like RE4 that you're like, okay, we'll just shoot this guy. Yeah. Because RE4, you just murder like hordes of dudes. Right. Yeah. You don't know how to kill them. Well, there's so many bad yeah. guys in this game, and there's not enough bolts to kill all. Oh of them. no, you need you, and there's and then they bring in harpoons and stuff, and then you're like, "What? Why do I do this? Why do I have harpoons?" Well, and that's oh okay. God. So another interesting piece of perspective I got from playing the sequel is that when you're in these larger open areas where you don't have to just immediately go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you basically decide how to play that area. Yeah, you got to loot. Yeah. Yeah. And you can also just ignore most of the weapons. Like, you can pick one or two weapons that you like using in the game. Yeah. And then you just don't have to use the rest of them. Yeah, they all work against certain enemies, but you're totally right. Yeah. You only need, like, a sniper rifle sometimes. Yeah. And so I think that in the sequel it's so much more about that that when i played this game like that it actually worked 
really, really well. Um, and it's also the game doesn't tell you that you should like take it slow and clear out areas and just like pick up gel, pick up gel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like the ecto cooler. Yeah. You're going to want that. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting in that way because once again, RE4 was not like that at all. There's not even a stealth option in Resident Evil 4. Like it's literally just kill everything that comes your way. There's parts where you're just sitting there shooting a guy and another guy comes behind him and you shoot him again and another guy comes behind him and you do that for like 15 minutes that can happen in this game though oh yeah like certain areas you can you have the choice to like not kill as many people Uh and then they won't keep coming right so you just run instead (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally but if you haven't gotten the picture yet this game is also a mix of being really polished in certain ways and being like insanely janky like (laughs) It's so janky sometimes. So on that note, yeah, there's one character that falls all the time, which I found really funny in this playthrough. <laughs> like one of the things and I'm trying to remember what they're called. Doesn't matter. One of one of the villains just falls down on the ground. And you're <laughs> just like, oh, okay. <laughs> he just keeps tripping. Yeah. Just you don't even have to do anything. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a lot of cheesing that is available to you, like Dark Souls style, where you can just like lure guys in the corners. Oh, uh, you have to. <laughs> yeah, the, like crowd management really becomes a thing in this game. Like, there's points where there's like six zombies coming at you, and you just got to line them up so you can like hit hit three of them with the same shotgun shell. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much like <laughs> zombie management, and then light them on fire. Yeah, if you can light yeah. one on fire while two are nearby, you'll oh, just light everybody up. That's a great feature, though, lighting oh, yeah. things on fire in a game <laughs> with one match. Yeah, it's like while I was playing this game, I couldn't decide if it was originally designed by like a 40-year-old man yeah. because of all the vests or if it was designed by a 12-year-old boy because of all the lighting things on fire. Yeah. Why is this guy only capable of carrying five matches at a time? <laughs> Yeah, come on. He's got a I mean, How big are these matches? The match upgrades uh-huh. is the funniest thing ever. Oh, yeah. So yeah. now I can hold 30 matches. <laughs> Hell yes. I'm all about that. I can hold the entire matchbox in yeah. my pocket. <laughs> in my vest. Well, yeah, like, that's how it should be, because the dude is wearing a dress shirt and a vest and jeans. He has yeah. at least seven pockets. Oh, my God, yeah. Dude, he's got to have a Zippo, right? Yeah. Come on. Uh, so, I mean, we should probably talk about, like, this upgrading thing, just because we're on it already. Yeah. But uh, you you find, like, jars of homemade ecto-cooler <laughs> all over the countryside. Yeah. And for some reason, you, like, inject it into your brain to upgrade <laughs> how many yeah. bullets you can carry and how many matches you can carry. In, like, a safe house. <laughs> so you like go to a safe house it's like just a psycho prison or something yeah and then you just sit in a chair and he's super okay with it <laughs> yeah he just shoots goo heroin straight into his brain and yeah you can like make your gun stronger you can make yourself faster so this game has like a super psychological story and a lot of the things don't make sense Oh yeah. Right. So you'll you'll find like mirrors around and you can you can stare into the mirror and like warp to this safe room mm-hmm. which is like basically like a little hospital wing. And there there's like a nice um a nurse mm-hmm. and uh 
uh, a spooky chair. Oh, and some like news that. stories and stuff too. Yeah, you yeah. Can, like follow yeah. the story of where you just were by reading a newspaper. <laughs> that chair reminds me of that R-rated Nine Inch Nails video. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is he? Happiness and slavery. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna say closer. Was there a creepy chair in closer too? Oh yeah, it's hella creepy chairs and rusty needles and stuff. Yeah, this game is nine channels as fuck. Yeah, this is like directed by Trent Reznor. <laughs> it's like Woodstock '99, <laughs> covered in oh, mud. God. This game is Woodstock '99. Yeah, sure. totally, dude. <laughs> oh man. I mean, you do break stuff a lot, like the Limp Bizkit song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, I love those save rooms though the little like, oh, yeah. yeah I save all the time yeah it, it's cool how um the save room kind of like deteriorates through the game too mm-hmm. yeah it gets worse and worse and scarier yeah the paint starts like flaking off the ceiling and you see like dust falling and stuff yeah there's also like uh like uh what are they, like morgue corpse doors that you can open for bonuses if you find secret keys yes. And there's also like a map that you can fill out, like little collectible-a-thon map pieces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the asylum is cool because it's like part save room, part menu, at like where you can look at all the stuff you've collected and collect new stuff. And it's got story bits yeah. and a couple characters you can talk to. I got a quick talk about keys. Oh yeah, keys are hidden in statues. You know. Uh huh. Have you noticed that they put them on top of like rats and birds? Yeah yeah that's so annoying <laughs> and they just run yeah. around and it's got a huge statue on its back <laughs> on the ground and you're like come on it looks really yeah, it dumb. does some really like corny video gamey things yeah. a lot of times with secrets yeah. right well and so evil within is a really weird game <laughs> it's a game about a man in a vest collecting goo that he can mainline into his brain <laughs> yeah. to make himself better <laughs> And I think the challenge with Evil Within is learning to love it on its own terms. And Mm. so that's part of the reason I want to do an episode on this game is I want to tell people how I came, how I learned to stop worrying and love the Evil Within. And Mm. I think that part of it is like just accepting on its own terms. Part of it is knowing the stuff that you need to care about and you don't need to care about. So number one, the story as a narrative doesn't fucking matter. Like, if you haven't already picked up, the story doesn't fucking matter. Like, it has cool aesthetics, it has cool bits and pieces and things, but, like, you're not watching it like a film or something, you know? Mm. It's just there. Yeah, you don't get answers till way later in the game. And even at that, it's just, like, it's kind of something nice. Like, (laughs) oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Well... It does have a lot of cool scenes and set pieces that make it, like, compelling. Right. But, like, as a whole, the story is just, like, a total fucking mess. Yeah. Um, the DLC actually does fill out a lot of the backstory that you don't really get from the main game. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's some context even from playing the second game that you get. And that's partially why the second game is so much better is that you already know the context of the story. Like Mm -hmm. when you start up Evil Within, you're just thrown into it. It's like it just fucking starts. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay. He's the homies like literally just like showing up to a crime scene with no idea what's going on. Right. There you go. The game starts. Yeah. And then crazy shit starts happening and you're like, 
Wait, this is crazy. Why this is fucking nobody... anime villain starts showing up and killing people? Yeah, and people are way less worried about it than they should be. Just in general. Oh yeah, he's super cavalier the yeah. entire game. He's like, this, this place, place is weird. <laughs> I think he actually. Said, I like when he just says stuff like "fuck." <laughs> this is ma- this is pretty messed up. We gotta get out, we gotta get out of here. I got a bad feeling. Yeah, this I need place. to take a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. He's like this church. Ooh, I get the creeps here. <laughs> huh. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Huh. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just like, it's weird. And okay, so spoiler alert, I guess. Here's the spoiler tag. I don't even know if this is a spoiler, but basically the whole game takes place in like a neural network simulation. STEM. STEM. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so in the second game, that's the premise of the game. So the premise of the second game is like a spoiler for the first game, which is kind of awesome. (laughs) Like, that's a flex. Yeah. But like, <laughs> it's it's part of the reason that game is better because it's just like you know that you're in this simulation that everything's mm-hmm. weird. But in this game, you don't know that, and it just kind of slowly tells you and expects you to kind of pick up that it's like you're just locked in a crazy guy's brain. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't yeah. ever like tell you, tell you. So like, since it was my first time playing through it, like I would go from like a hospital, and you're doing like shooty shoot, hidey hide stuff. And then, like, all of a sudden, you're in, like, some Tomb Raider shit. Yeah. Like, collecting, like, statues to, yeah. like, fit into the wall. Like, like, I literally said, what is this Tomb Raider shit at least once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get dropped down a hole, and then you're just all of a sudden by yourself somewhere else. <laughs> and that's another yeah. time where he's like, I better find my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope my friends are okay. Are these guys he clearly doesn't care about. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Julie's fine. <laughs> yeah. I hope the nerd and that other person are okay. I hope the glove guy with the vest is okay. <laughs> I hope that nerd didn't drop his glasses again. Yeah, God. I hope that nerd didn't try to shoot himself again. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Real talk, though. The first time I played this game, I thought, the okay, there's a part where there's a character who's just the nerd, and he drops his glasses, and you have to go and get his glasses while, like, avoiding a giant hell beast. Yeah. And um, yeah. I thought, I was like, man, that's so dumb. But then I did a session a couple weeks ago, and I was, like, wrapping a cable, and I accidentally knocked my glasses off with the cable, and it fell behind my recording setup. And I literally was just like, well, this session is over. Like, we're done. Find all these glasses while he mixes the session. That objective popped up on screen yeah. for the drummer. <laughs> yeah, Sebastian shows up in a vest. <laughs> oh shit! We're fuck. Oh, better find my friends. <laughs> so, yeah, like basically the story is just ridiculous. There's two interlocking threads. There's Sebastian, who's our main character, tough guy, hard drinking. P.I. Sebastian mm-hmm. Castellanos. He's sober now, though. Oh. He's on the green gel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like CBD. Yeah, it's got a ton of CBD. Dude, it's, uh, it's a cannabinoid. It's just got a lot of good juice in it or whatever. I, I actually think it's probably more like uh, Kratom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. He's just getting super loosey-goosey the whole game. Yeah, it's... Oh my god. He's a spoonful at mainlining Kratom. <laughs> oh, I fainted the first time, but it was so great after that. 
<laughs> um, so this dude's trying to find his way through the simulation while also confronting in little snippets his dark past. Yeah. Um, through journals. Through his own yeah. journals. He's like, read a stupid journal. Can't wait for my daughter to be born. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's one thread. And then the other thread is this guy named Ruvik, who is the game's big bad. He's like mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger meets Samara mm-hmm. from The Ring. And... <laughs> He's the one controlling everything. Yes. Ruben is his actual name. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, Ruben Victoriano. Yeah, Yeah, Victoriano. His name is like Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, Ruben. (laughs) Ruben. I love that he gave himself his dumb nickname, though. Ruvik. No one calls him Ruvik. He had to kill like a hundred people before anyone would fucking call him Ruvik. No one, yeah, even even the other doctors like, Ruben? It's you. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't even want to say Rubik. You don't, don't want to give him the time Rubik, of day on Mom. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't want to ever call anyone by a nickname they gave him themselves. Oh, you again. He definitely tried Spike and Ace first. And then he was like, okay, maybe Rubik. Burned his face. Ugh, Jesus. Idiot. Uh, <laughs> so Rubik's story, he's, he's kind of a mysterious man. Um, and you learn about his tortured past. But... Mostly it's just the character is trying to escape from the simulation they're caught in. And on a meta level, it's really just there as connective tissue. And it's there so they can put whatever environment they think of into the game. Like, Mm -hmm. they were totally like, we want to do a city level. Okay, we want to do a village level. Okay, we want to do this level. And then they just use this simulation excuse to do that city levels kind of just like the first one where you're like driving where it's all a cut scene oh, yeah. it's the longest cut scene ever yeah. it's like whoa and you're cutting through and it's inception <laughs> yeah totally. that is very sick <laughs> i feel like you know he he said that he was trying to do the ultimate survival horror game uh which i don't think he did but I think he made, like, the most epic survival horror game. Yeah. Like, it's long as fuck, and it, like, spans so many different uh, environments and gameplay styles. Uh, it's just a huge experience, especially for survival horror. I mean, it's like a, a 15-hour game, mm-hmm. and that's, like, three survival horror games. Yeah, totally. And... Yeah, I mean, I think on that level the story works. It's just difficult the first time you play it, if you're expecting that. If you're expecting the, like, return to survival horror, classic survival horror thing, it doesn't really work, because you're like, okay, I'm getting these seeds of ideas, I'm expecting answers, I'm expecting there to be a, a concrete, consistent narrative, and you don't get any of that. You just get a bunch of craziness and a guy doing Kratom in a chair. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to care about the story. And I think one of the reasons why is that all the dialogue is also just, like, really fucking weird. It sounds kind of like a badly translated anime or something. You know, I don't know if I totally agree with that. I'm not going to say the dialogue is good, but I do like the weird feel of it. Like, Mm. it's so ridiculous that I kind of grew to love it. Yeah, it is ridiculous. And it is endearing. Yeah. You know what I think it reminds me of? Okay, you know how in old survival horror games you'd go up to like a super fucked up looking thing and then press X and it would be like, huh, 
nothing strange here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you built an entire dialogue style around that. Because it's yeah. just this guy going through the most fucked up shit and just being like, huh? Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah. He's fine with it. Yeah. He understands what's happening. He's like, all right, I'm just going to get through this one. Yeah. He's just a level grinder. He's just, I got to get through. And <laughs> He's at his job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's used to like the the grinder wheels coming out of the walls and yeah exactly yeah he's like oh i know how to solve this problem (laughs) typical wednesday this is simple i just have to find another uh wheel to put on top of this thing so i can stop the gas (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah exactly he has a very unsafe workplace environment he's used to it he's fine this kind of back to my tips on how to enjoy the evil within don't worry about the story don't worry about it making sense. Don't worry about it being good. Just let it fly past you. It's fine. Just have fun. Exactly. Just have yeah. fun. Um, and, you know, speaking of speaking of fun, I really do think it's important for the to get into this game to play it on casual mode, even though it insults you. Um, totally. It's not like an old Sega Genesis game where it won't let you finish. Like, it does, in <laughs> fact, complete the game. There's no downside to it. It's easier to aim. It's easier to do combat, but it's still a challenging experience. Um, I think this game, one thing that separates it from classic survival horror is the way in which it's unreasonably hard. Like, I mm. think it is unreasonably hard, like a classic survival horror game is, but in a different way. Like, the aiming is slow. The enemies are bullet sponges. There's item scarcity. There's cheap deaths, but the game is also designed so that you can master all those challenges, which in my mind yeah. is what separates it from like a classic survival. There's a game. lot of trial and error death, which, you know, especially during the boss fights can become like a problem. But then you just realize that the bosses are sort of like puzzles. They're totally Zelda style, you know, which is another big. Well, I don't know. That's a departure from survival horror, but also some games kind of did that. I mean, Resident Evil 2 definitely did the puzzle bosses a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Resident Evil 4 did that a little bit too. I mean, it's just taken to the logical extreme where like I would say most of the bosses you can beat without just fighting in the traditional way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh there's one boss, it's like a a spider like Ringu lady. Um, Laura. You have to kill her with yeah, you have to kill her with fire. Yes and uh that's my favorite one it it it's fun once you figure it out but before you figure it out you're probably going to die like 10 times if you're like me because you can't find the valve to shoot so essentially the whole gimmick about the levels uh about the fight is that you have to shoot valves to open up flames to hurt this uh monster but they're all like above you and you have to like shoot them Sometimes they're really hard to see and are, or are in uh, complicated places. Like one's behind a trap you have to disarm while she's chasing you, and then you have to quickly shoot it to hurt her. And it, it, it's totally a uh, just a trial and error fight. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of those little rooms. That's actually, so Laura is Ruvik's sister. Mm-hmm. That's why fire. Yeah, she died in a fire. Yeah, yeah. And turn into a spider monster. Yeah, he did that. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, also not a scary monster name. Yeah, definitely. She's creepy as fuck, though. She's the scariest one, I yeah. think. Yeah. 
That or yeah. the chainsaw guy. Oh yeah. The chainsaw guy is sort of a mini boss and yeah. he comes back several times. But yeah, he's the first boss that you fight in chapter three and uh he's a real mofo. I realized there were traps everywhere. And you know, originally I you know, I had no context on the game. So you get up to I got up to chapter three just stealthing everything. Just wow. like poking zombies in the back of the head. And then I realized that there's traps everywhere, like um, environmental traps where you, like, pull a lever and spikes come up. Yeah. So I realized that you probably can't kill the chainsaw guy. You have to, like, kill him with traps. And it turns out you can kill the guy with just bullets and harpoons. But uh, uh, for some reason, I thought I had to stealth through it and uh, lure him into a trap and kill him. And it was just, like, a total shit show. <laughs> Well, okay. So I think we should talk about this a little bit because once again, I found this playthrough that I did for this episode was the easiest time I did it. It was super breezy mm-hmm. for me and partially was because I knew the play style that was like optimal. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned from Evil Within too. I mean, this game is all about sneaking and it's all about using the traps. So there are these like environmental traps everywhere that you can get caught in, but you can also catch enemies in. And there's even right. like ad hoc traps like you can use the harpoons as traps Mm -hmm. you can light dudes on fire and catch other dudes on fire yeah like you can really get into the mentality of never directly fighting enemies and i think that's really what you're supposed to do so okay chapter three is a problem kind of because it's so hard and it makes most people quit the game the reason it's hard is because if you play it like resident evil 4 you die immediately yeah like you run up to the first guy you shoot him 10 dudes come out and kill you that's it but the stealth is also so unreliable that it's hard to like keep using it mm-hmm. um and sometimes enemies just spawn and will immediately see you and they do that in chapter three as you're like sneaking through a house like one's gonna pop through the window no matter what right exactly so it's just important to just keep using the stealth as best you can and clear out the whole area. So then when you go and you fight the chainsaw dude, like you can lure him into the trap and, and if you fuck up, it's okay. Cause you can just run out the back of the house and try again. If there's still dudes around, you're going to run out and get killed immediately. Like I cheesed that dude hard. I like, I lured him into a spike trap, ran around the kitchen table with him chasing me and just out the door and back in like four times. And he finally died. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did too. Cole, you said you did something really weird, right? Yeah. So you can set up your harpoons with two shock bolts and two explosive bolts. Uh And so you shock him and he stays still and then Mm -hmm. you shoot him again. Uh And then he blows up and then you do it like three times. Yeah. I saw, I saw people online shocking him with the shock bolts and then uh, sneaking up to him and stabbing him in the gut. Oh, that would probably work too. Uh, Cutting him over the stealth attack. And if you do that like two or three times, he'll die. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this game is a lot more open-ended than it initially seems like there's something really cool in there, but it doesn't tell you any of this. It doesn't show Mm -hmm. you even like, yeah, Evil Within 2 is so much better about like showing you what you can do and like how you can do it. This game, it's just you have to find it for yourself. It's trial and error, 100%. He, James, you're totally right. You like have to just try stuff. Yeah. And then die. Exactly. Yeah. And you die like in really gruesome ways in this game. Yeah. <laughs> it pulls no punches. So, like, yeah, like I said, this game like raises your stress levels in a sort of fun way and sort of horrible way. Yeah. And so you like really don't want to die. And the field of view is so narrow that like, 
it's a real panic inducing mm-hmm. like yeah at least certain areas can be really panic inducing and i feel like chapter three is like that yeah. big open area zombies everywhere you're only allowed to carry three bullets at a time <laughs> uh yeah it's crazy I, th- I feel like they really did a disservice to the flow of the game putting that so early because it just turned off so many players. We even had people in the Discord saying they rage quit there. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. It's hard to say because I feel like if you figure out how you're supposed to play that area, you figure out how to play the whole game. Mm-hmm. Because even like... Totally. So using the stealth to kill enemies is well and good, but you're kind of supposed to stealth around everywhere because there's traps everywhere. And there's like hidden enemies and shit everywhere so it's like you're Mm -hmm. really supposed to be sneaking most of the game yeah like it's almost more rare to have an area where you can just run through the whole thing until after you've cleared it out you start to recognize the areas you can run through because they all turn into like super linear hallways yeah and then yeah this game is kind of like open areas followed by super linear hallways filled with narrative yeah. And then you'll get to more open areas. Yeah. Uh, some of the open areas are more stealthy and some are more arena-y. Like, there's parts where your partner is, like, unlocking doors and you have to fight off, like, waves of bad guys. Yeah. Which I fought. I found those, like, really irritating. Those ones, personally. you're better off running in circles. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, if you kill people, more people come. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't kill people, you just have to run. <laughs> yeah, there's like uh, it maxes out at like four zombies chasing you. Yeah, yeah, like there's like three guys and they're doing the same thing. They're really slow, and you're just like, all right, you're getting all tuckered out. And you're like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured that out about like the fourth time that yeah. I had to like wait for him to unlock a door, and it takes him so long. <laughs> yeah, like you're doing it for like twenty minutes. It feels well, it's because he's wearing those funny gloves. It just gets yeah. in the way. Sweaty leather gloves. I like how he must have had a minor in electrical engineering. Or something. Yeah, he can defuse bombs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Your character can too, though. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Oh, defusing bombs. Talk about stress. Oh, my Man, God. Uh, it's a it's a time mini game. And, uh, like, there's a dial that spins around. And it's all red except for, like, a little sliver of it that's green. And you have to hit the button when the dial goes into the green. But it's, like, really fast. Yeah. And if you're not, like, mentally prepared, you're, like, totally going to fuck it up and lose a third of your life. Yeah. When those get you, you split into, like, a million pieces. It's so yeah. <laughs> You definitely jib. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. The yeah. treasure chests with those inside <laughs> oh, yeah. are the worst thing ever. In tense situations, I would end up just shooting the bombs on the wall. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, that would act, that actually helped me significantly. Later in the game, you get so much ammo that it doesn't matter. You can shoot yeah. bombs if you want. Yeah, yeah, totally. Earlier on, which is super weird because early on the the item scarcity is like brutal. It is. It's just a bunch of gel. So, well, that's actually a good segue. I mean, so the reason you're scooping up all this goo and shooting it into your brain is because that's how you upgrade your character and. This game has kind of a weird, obtuse way of doing that. Like, there's certain things that are one-to-one. So you can upgrade your health bar, your stamina bar, your melee attack, stuff like that. Everything else, you can upgrade the attack power of your weapons, but the main thing that you end up upgrading is how many bullets you can hold. Because it lets you collect more bullets, it means you don't have to leave items behind. 
and like and funnily enough you can like upgrade how many bullets you can fit in your revolver yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like that scene in john wick where he's choosing the parts for the revolver (laughs) thank you for listening to zero brightness if you'd like to support us directly you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness you can also find and interact with us on facebook instagram and discord all the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. But yeah, it's it's kind of a weird thing because it yeah, it ends up changing the game in a really weird way and it ends up being kind of an obtuse way to level up your character, but it does end up making your character like super powerful Um, and you do feel like link like smashing boxes and pots everywhere looking for goo oh yeah yeah the looting is fun it is really fun like i found the most joy this playthrough like looking for gel or cbd this game is at least like five percent crash bandicoot (laughs) yeah you gotta smash with your fist oh yeah Yeah. one thing i will say though he can smash locks with his fist Uh uh-huh yes oh i thought you had to pistol whip him but when you punch, oh no no he he'll do it with his fist. He'll do it with his fist. Yeah. Oh wow! They'll okay. do a lock like a metal lock uh-huh. later in the game, and at that point I was like, God damn! Yeah, why can't I kill one enemy with my yeah. fist? Yeah, yeah. When you punch an enemy, it's super weak. It's like you you just like face palm him. Yeah, but then, then when it's a away. lock, he just gets so angry that he <laughs> that drives me fucking crazy. Those in the cutscenes. In the oh, cutscenes, he becomes a hero. Yeah. He's like, yeah. he's like, it's like, um, it's John Wick. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. He's just swinging around, jumping off yeah. and stuff, kicking zombies with like cool kicks. Yeah. And then in the game, you can barely run two steps. Yeah. Before he says, ow, he's like, ow, ow, and he has to stop. <laughs> oh, man. The whole getting winded thing. Oh, that's so me. painful. It's so annoying. You're yeah. running from Laura. <laughs> just like dub- double over and like stay ah, there. And he like, yeah, he has to catch his breath. The wind yeah. gets knocked out of him. It's like if he was in 28 Days Later, yeah. the movie would be five minutes long. <laughs> yeah. The first time I got winded, I got caught and I got sawed. Uh, the chainsaw guy oh, saws yeah. your arm off mm-hmm. and then he cuts your head off. Yeah. And that's, I hated it since then. I was like, oh, I can't, <laughs> yeah. do that. I can't deal with that. Because <laughs> now you're thinking about that. Yeah, you're like, God, he's going to fucking cut my head off. And I have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to avoid that, you got to smash Upgrade. all the boxes and collect yeah. all the goo. So, yeah, speaking of like Crash Bandicoot and like off the wall, like goofy gamery stuff, this game like pulls that like several times. There's a spot. I mean, I felt like it really break, broke the tension. You go through a kitchen at one point, and Ruvik shows up and, like, drops off, like, a bunch of, like, Pong-style spinning discs of death. And you have to, like, sneak around them or disarm them. Yeah. And you get, like, a top-down view, and it feels like Pac-Man or something. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Yeah. This game has these weird... uh moments where they totally break the tension and just break the whole aesthetic with shit like that and even like Ruvik himself is kind of a problem because at first he seems like samara but by the end of the game he seems more like goku yeah why can't he kill you i don't know i he mean he grabs I mean, at you he, at one he point could, he could he's just playing games yeah good point yeah because he saw 
Well, he know, he's got to keep the story going. Yeah, he is Goku. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, something's got to like keep it running. So, yeah, I do hate though that you see him in the first scene. He's like killing everyone in the room, and then he can't just do yet. Yeah, he's like, mm, <laughs> I like, like that guy's vest. Oh, he got away again. <laughs> <laughs> On this playthrough, I noticed that like the way I was moving through the world was so weird. Cause I was just running around and smashing boxes and like rifling <laughs> through desks and like sorting through blades of grass, looking yeah. for ecto cooler. Yep. But then like, yeah. And then if I wasn't doing that, I was sneaking. So I was either literally running through with my arms straight out, like crash bandicoot, yeah. or I was like sneaking around <laughs> just T posing. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched an episode of sunny where, they're like locked in an escape room uh-huh. and D starts rifling through stuff while she's giving her the instructions. She's like, you got to stop. She's like, okay. I am. She's like, I can see you on camera. You have to stop. She's like, okay, I stop now. And she's still doing it. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. You're just like, you're breaking boxes and somebody's like, dude, come on. Yeah. Or like you just, yeah, you just end up breaking everything you can. Like I never, okay. So there's a mechanic where you can throw bottles to distract enemies. I literally yeah. never used it. The only thing that would happen was that I would be rifling through everything. I would grab a bottle and accidentally smash it. Just to get That's it out of so my great. way. Yeah. I like when you get an ax and then you can go crazy smashing stuff. Yeah. Like when you have the yeah. axe, you're at, you're the smasher. Yeah. Well, the game trains you to like break shit and then you get into a, there's a stage that's Ruvik's mansion. <laughs> there's like fancy stuff everywhere. And you just immediately walk up to it and like punch the shit out of everything. Yeah, it looks like Michael Jackson's house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're just mad at him. <laughs> yeah, so it is like, it's a game that you sort of have to play it wrong to have fun with it. But that's like playing it right. Yeah. It just takes itself so seriously at the beginning, and then it does like corny stuff. Like once you stop taking it so seriously and like turn your brain off and just have fun, that's when the game becomes really endearing. Okay, so here's my question. This is my big question: Is does the game take itself seriously? Because I don't think it does. I think mm. it's just that it has these moments where they were like, "Let's do Inception," or yeah. like, "Let's do the Ring," or whatever. And so it seems like serious because they're recreating something you saw in a film, but I don't actually think you have to like take it seriously. Hmm. Interesting. Cause you know, it, it's also like, if you read the story, it's all like really heavy shit. It I is. Mean, there's no levity or anything. A lot of alcoholism, a lot of like child death, yeah. <laughs> child murder. Yeah. Um, but I get driven crazy. I think the, the, the humor comes from, I think they found joy in killing you. Oh, yeah. So they put bombs in boxes. The first time that happened to me, I was furious. Uh-huh. <laughs> I opened a box and I blew up into bits. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, literal bits. I can't do Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing this. Are you fucking kidding me? There's going to be these things around? <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's such a goofy game. Like, But it is heavy. It is heavy, but it's like... There's and no there's also okay. moments of like extreme tension. It, yeah. There are, but here's the big thing is that there's literally no context. Like you're not given a context for this man's dark backstory. It's just like plopped in your lap. I think it tries to do like a memento style, like drip feed narrative thing. Yeah. 
And it's just so bonkers and it doesn't give you enough that like it's hard for the player to care. Yeah, you don't care until you like, well, you don't ever care. You're, you're totally right. Because every <laughs> little snippet is like the worst view into his life. He's like, I'm so happy. Too bad I, she almost caught me staring at her ass. His new detective partner. And then you're like, that was it? That's my insight into this fuckhead's life? This vast guy? That's my friend. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, this guy is this hero. It's like, oh, God. I'm going to spend 15 hours with And then this you find guy. out he's like a pathetic alcoholic, but he still has like a kid and stuff. And you're like, God. <laughs> well, and even like that, the way they address it in dialogue is so funny. It's just one scene where your nerdy partner is like, haven't you had enough? Yeah. And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I reported you because I care about you. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it's like sub CSI level shit. Never call the cops, listeners. Yeah. yeah. Don't. Especially don't. if you're a cop. Yeah. <laughs> Not even the cops can call the cops on each other anymore. It's wild out here, dude. My thing is the more I've played Evil Within, the more I feel like it has a real kinship with uh, Deadly Premonition. Sure. In terms of just being like super player unfriendly, but also just super over the top and funny. Because like if you looked at Deadly Premonition as just they were doing Twin Peaks or they are doing Twin Peaks, it's a failure. But if you look at it in terms of like this is fucking insane, it's a success. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I'll say, though, first playthrough is a lot different. Yes. I think if you've done it a bunch or you've read a bunch about it, you're like, oh, this game's hilarious. But the first time you play it, it's legitimately horrifying and yeah, impossible. Right. I can't I can't stress that enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we also recently talked about uh, movies that we thought were influential upon horror games. And I was talking about Evil Dead. Yeah. Because, yeah. and I think this totally has an Evil Dead thing where it's like, there are creepy moments in Evil Dead, but it's like 10% mm-hmm. and 90% is just like, what is hilarious. this? Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. There's like a, a giant lawnmower blade in this room, like rotating slowly and it'll chop zombie heads off. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> but it's, yeah. And it's so weird. Cause it's also like, there's definitely things in the design that are purposefully trying to get the player to freak out and quit. And I think that that's almost a stronger element than the horror part of it. Like there are, there is good horror. There's effective horror. There's cool, scary scenes, but even more than that, it's like Shinji Mikami, like just putting his finger in the middle of your forehead and pressing down and being like, Hey, quit, quit. I dare you. I dare you to quit. And I feel like that's almost like more of a design element, but, and I don't know, it just gives it this weird atmosphere of like, I think this is supposed to be funny a lot of the time, you know? Hmm. Yeah. For you. Like, I think, again, you're going to Yeah, this was my here. first time playing it. So oh, it I was? have a different perspective. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I played it up until chapter three in like 2017. Okay. So, so yeah, this was basically my first time completely. Like I said, so. my first time, I took way too long. Yeah. And well, I hated too. it. I was like miserable. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my God, I hate this game, but I want to beat it because I paid for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to beat it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the second playthrough, I was with people, and then like after that, it was just kind of a fun thing. It's just a fun game. Yeah, it looks fun. Yeah, it does. And I also think too the like playing it on easy mode, and also understanding the mechanics, and like understanding how you're supposed to play the game, give it a really, really different feel. 
like yeah hugely different as compared to the first time you play it you know yeah well like i think horror is kind of it attracts shitheads you know yeah kind of like how heavy metal attracts shitheads yeah it's it's just like it's a little bit I'm trying to like figure out how to phrase this. There are like a lot of amazing metal bands that do a really good job of cultivating a good crowd. Yeah, and like Thou. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they have a hard focus on um, all things good. And yeah, then, like the same thing with you guys. Like you're not, you know, shitty fuckheads. Yeah. Are just like <laughs> <laughs> just being assholes and just yeah. like to watch people get torn apart. Although I do. Um, <laughs> Well, it's such a fine line, right? Like, between, like, oh, I enjoy this for this artistic reason, and, like, I would love it if I could just kill. Yeah. You know? I think those guys like different video games. I don't think they like (laughs) Japanese horror games at all. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I play play Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) (laughs) What was that one that came out that was like, this is the most gorgeous disgusting game ever. It was like a shooter. It was probably Hatred. Hatred. That's yeah. what got banned oh, in a lot of countries yeah. and shit. Do you remember Rage, though? Yeah, yeah. Rage that game was, was cool. Yeah. It was like Doom. That was a software game, right? Yeah. Are you... Have you guys done that one yet? No. No. We that's another that's one. That's not that horror, is it? Uh, I guess not. I guess not. We are... Um, so... James, just a heads up. Cole has already put in a petition to do a Doom 2016 episode, so if we mm. want a guest for that, um, yeah, he's down. But I have to nice. play it first. Um, I've also put yeah. in the if you're up for it, uh, free Steam games. Have you played like the? Uh, <laughs> your, your people would hate this so much. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this like uh, Swamp Sim. It's called, huh. and it's it's like a Shrek game. It's Slenderman, but Shrek modded. It's, yeah, it's like the same game as Slenderman, except you do Shrek and you find well, onions. So we've had a couple people recommend this game called Lisa, mm-hmm. and it's like an RPG maker game. Yeah. Oh yeah, what's it's it free. called? It's like Lisa. Lisa. The Lisa. The yeah. Thing. But if you just Google Steam Lisa, it'll pop up. Oh, but uh, yeah, painful. maybe we should. Maybe we should do another indie horror rodeo episode. Do a couple of those. There's yeah. so many good games. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I would like to do a couple of trash episodes about yeah. stuff like that. Or, like, I really want to do one about games that don't exist. Because a few years ago, there was this big trend of people making, like, videos of fake horror games that were, like, haunted, quote-unquote. Like, mm-hmm. there was Sad Satan. Yeah. There yeah. was um, Ben Drowned, the mm-hmm. Majora's Mask. Yep. Uh, oh, creepy there possum. was that PS1 game. Oh, uh, Petscop. Shit. Yes, that's one, I think. I've followed all these, and I really want to do an episode on those. Yeah, that would be cool. I'd also like to do, yeah, episode on just crap games. There was a game that doesn't exist anymore, but it was like like a real short experience, but it was an online game, and it was like a guy, and you would walk into a cave, and it would be like a bloody dude with a knife, and you have to ask him what he did or whatever. And depending on how the last player responded, like after at, you could either kill the guy or let him leave. Hmm. But then you walk into the next room, and then you realize that's like you, and you have to either like kill a guy with a knife or something. And then the next person's going to ask you that question too. 
And so it was like a never-ending loop of like this interaction of like, did he murder a guy or something? Weird. That's so cool. And then the servers finally got shut down. (laughs) So that game doesn't exist anymore. That's a bummer. Yeah. That's amazing. But yeah, it was a really interesting game experiment. That's I like think the, the talk we wrote yeah. about it. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Games that either never existed or don't exist anymore would be a cool episode. I guess like the reason that I wanted to talk about, you know, the first time experience of playing this game or like, you know, how to best absorb this game. Cause I know the first time that I played it, I was thinking about it like it was a survival horror game and I really yeah. didn't like it. Um, but I actually think once you look at it as like this weird abstract experience, it works really, really well. Like the environments they take you to are actually really cool. And there are some really, really cool environments in this game. Well, since the game is like based in a psychological space or whatever, like they can really just do what the fuck they want in terms of creativity. And I feel like they just did like everything they could come up with. Um, I mean, you went from, like, Tomb Raider-style, like, ancient caves or some shit to, like, creepy mansions like the Spencer Mansion to, like, an entire destroyed city, which is one of the coolest, like, set pieces in the entire game. Yeah, like sure. the the sense of scale, like, I mean, the scale is artificial, but, like, the way they hide it and, like, give you this vast sense of, like, a destroyed city is, like, really fucking cool. And uh, I do want to mention that because we didn't mention this earlier that like the graphics in this game are fucking killer, especially since it's from 2014. Yeah. Like, uh, well, that's kind of like I referenced up top that I think it was too advanced for the first round of consoles that came out on. So playing it now on PC and I'm assuming on PS4 and Xbox one where you can play it on, it looks amazing and it runs really well. It's got great design though. And like, there's just some really awesome atmosphere and design into the environments. Like, um, well, so the village we've been talking about is chapter three where people keep getting stuck on. It's like a dilapidated fishing village yeah. in the middle of the night. And there's like fires going on and shit. Yeah. Really creepy. The entrance, you can just like stare at the sea. It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know, it's a trick this game consistently pulls that some of the most frustrating areas are actually some of the most gorgeous. Like um, Ruvik's Mansion, which is chapter nine, where you learn his backstory and all that, is a super cool environment. Like It's such a great spooky haunted mansion, but it's also full of traps, and he keeps showing up, and he can one-hit kill you. That's super stupid. But yeah, it's super stupid. You just run, and then he disappears, yeah. and then it's... Back to usual. Yeah, exactly. But like that mansion is so awesome. The aesthetics, the look of it, yeah, everything really cool. is just fantastic. Especially that library that really stuck out to me. Yeah. Like the lighting in the library. Yeah, totally. Um, no, I, I think it's like really, really cool. And I love like, so the game, okay, for better or for worse, it has an interesting style. It's sort of a modern gothic uh, everyone in Crimson City with a K, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> yes. Everyone in, I'm trying to, you know, like in Arabic, there's like certain letters that have multiple variants and one's harder than the other. I'm trying to pronounce, like, how do you pronounce a hard K so people can hear the K? Cr- crimson. <laughs> crimson. So everyone in Crimson City uh, wears a vest. 
carries an old school revolver and is totally nonplussed at the presence of giant gas lanterns everywhere. No big deal. Homeboy yeah. has it dangling off of his belt like it's like a work knife. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of have like the uh, not really s- steampunk, but like uh, kind of like review bras grandpa or some shit, you know, like <laughs> like uh, they're in the wrong decade. Yeah. My explanation was that it's like the Tarantino every era at once feel. It's hard to place like where you are and that's somewhat purposeful because you're in the simulation you're being shown things from the past and from the present but it's also like really hard to tell like what is this place they all live in it's like gotham kind of it's like yeah it's corny yeah you know well there's almost like a deco feel to some things like their clothes Mm -hmm. but then everything is like mid-2000s i don't know and then yeah because it's 2006 Right yeah. in the game, yeah. But each like piece of this like psychological world building feels like a different era. Yeah, like right. his mansion feels like the fifties. Oh yeah, and like well yeah, you go to the village too, and it's kind of like medieval. Well, and yeah. Rubik, his story takes place in the past. Yeah, and there's a fucking castle yeah. part. Yeah, like you're at a fucking castle, like shooting zombies and shit. And I think it's that's just because it's just a nightmare, or it's like a yeah, it's just like a it's like his like state of you know right. Well, and the thing I appreciate about it though is that like okay, compare it to Resident Evil Four, right? Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Four like took place in two thousand four or right. whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, why is there a tiny Napoleon who lives in a giant castle with a bunch of cultists? Yeah, like <laughs> why do these guys have shields and swords? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? Who did this? Like, we never got that answer. But in Evil Within, they baked the answer into the game, which is that, I don't know, it was all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> the one character I thought, uh, Julie Kidman, was the most, like, you're Kidman. like you're, yeah, Kidman. Oh, I don't trust her. Kidman. She uh, is the only person that looks like she's with the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the whole, the DLC is about her. And it, like, reveals a bunch of her backstory between, like, her and this STEM project and this, like, shadow corporation called Mobius. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know if I like the revelations of the story. Hmm. I think I like it just, like, kind of nebulous and mysterious in the background. Yeah. Well, I totally think that's where it works best. And, okay, I know I keep talking about Evil Within 2, but... It's like, you really have to play the second one. It totally is like, completes this game. Yeah, it's just a continuation of the story, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and what they do in the second one is that they only follow Sebastian's story, but they also shove it way in the background of the game. Like, mm. it's kind of just mm. the excuse for them to make another game. And mm. I think that's like a pretty good temperature check of the importance of the story, which is that it's not important. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, all the sort of nuts and bolts about it are not important. And like I said earlier, I like in chapter nine when they reveal Ruvik's backstory because it's an interesting story. It's really well presented. It kind of humanizes a character who you viewed as inhuman. It's just a neat little set piece. Oh, that that's one of my favorite yeah. scenes with like the sunflowers. Yeah. And you're like a yeah, burning. Really cool. Oh my god, that was scary. Yeah. So you're you're in a barn. Yeah. So him and his sister were in this fire. His sister died. He almost died. Um, and like 
the basically they're rich and the villagers feel like they're oppressing them so they come and they burn down this barn and the kids are inside and like that is super scary and sad and cool Mm -hmm. but i think that even in the context of the story that's just a little scene that's just a little blip like the larger context of then he goes crazy and makes a neural network in like the thirties or whatever. And like, it's all pretty dumb, but that little scene is cool. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of like, well, he kind of, cause he again manifests his sister as like an all powerful being the spider. Yeah. Spider lady. (laughs) It's a, it's revealed in the DLC that Ruvik is still just like a brain in a jar in the middle of the stem thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so like the yeah, they they allude to that a lot. That yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole time. Yeah, the, you look at the stem, and then he has like visions of a brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, but I think that it's just like a DLC that expands upon the details and nuts and bolts of the story. To me, sounds stupid. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it in the game, right? Yeah, yeah. you could have well, made this game longer. It would have been fine. DLC has just. It it still has an uncomfortable relationship with the main game, you know. Yeah. Do you want to sell the game uh, un- incomplete and then you know like upsell for the for the ending, you know? Or I don't know. Do you want to go episodic or see this one? It's like it finishes the story, but the gameplay is so drastically changed that it feels like a stealth mini game inside of the other game. Yeah, it's 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 like the ape escape mini game inside Metal Gear Solid or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that to me, it doesn't sound that great because I I, like I said, I like certain things about the story and I I like certain things about the game and how it all works together. And trying to add more moving parts is probably a bad idea. It does add another spooky monster, which is like a creepy lady wearing high heels with no arms with like a lamp for her face. Oh. And when she sees you, the lamp turns red and chases you. That sounds cool. It's pretty creepy. Oh, there's also a third DLC, which I didn't play because the first DLC is split in half. Uh-huh. The third DLC, you play as that boss with the lock on his head. Oh, oh the box, the keeper? Yeah. yeah. And it's in first person. Oh, oh scary. Yeah, I haven't played it. That, that sounds, sounds great. That sounds super cool. Yeah, he's like one of the the best ones, I think. Smashing his head and shit. Yeah. Yeah, when, that part when he rips his own head off. Yeah. Yeah. For no reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we had to crawl Like under. raspberry yeah, yeah, jam yeah, yeah. is like squirting everywhere. Yep. Well, and yeah, I guess like speaking of stuff that kind of works in the game, uh, I really like the all the animations on like the bosses or the main enemies and mm-hmm. antagonists are amazing. Oh my god, yeah. Like totally. the keeper smashes his own head and seems legitimately crazy. Uh Laura, the Samara Spider Girl, she has like a really long sort of uh recovery animation. So if you're trying to like catch her in a trap or yeah. shoot her or whatever, like there's this really great oh shit moment that happens because yeah. you're like, I think mm, I got her, yeah. but then she's actually just recovering. Like I found something out about that boss fight too. Uh, when she's coming out of a pile of blood, <laughs> you can light it on fire. What? Oh shit. Yep. Damn. It's the most amazing thing ever. That sounds awesome. It made my life I, like so I wish I'd known that. Yeah. Yes. It's so incredible. Cause she like comes out, you wait for her to just barely come out and light a match, she's gone. Yeah. And that's the first time I ever fought Laura, um, she got stuck. 
Oh. So she, she came out of the blood on the floor and then, like, walked over to the lockers and got stuck. Uh-huh. And no matter how many times I shot her, she wouldn't die. Nice. So I just, like, used all my ammo and, like, rebooted the game. Yeah, you kind of can't kill yourself or anything, can you? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to mention, since you were talking about animation, one of my favorite animations in the game is a character we didn't talk about, Leslie. I love Leslie. When Leslie runs... He has like the funniest little run. Yeah. He has the janky run. Yeah. It's so Monica, a real life person, does a thing that I call the janky run. And it's basically <laughs> when you just like splay your legs out as far as you can go and just like stick your butt out and just like run kind of like you're a duck. Yeah, his little scream. Ah Yeah, he does the yeah. janky run. Yeah. He's so pathetic. Nice. And he's like yeah. the answer. They like want to put him into the stem. <laughs> he's like the answer to everyone's <laughs> which is also okay okay let's talk about him for a second so throughout the game there's leslie. a little leslie yeah. there's a little crazy boy and uh well i mean sorry that was very offensive but that's kind of what he is um yeah they would call him he'd be like oh he's a fucking psycho <laughs> yeah exactly sebastian <laughs> yeah sebastian would be like shut the fuck up psycho tell me if i'm wrong but isn't that sort of like a, a japanese trope kind of like thomas and deadly premonition you know like yeah. the kind of like yeah, boyish, totally. cute, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, pretty offensive, but you just yeah. sort of roll with it. Some people like that style in Japan. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so. some people like lots of things, dude. Yeah. <laughs> some people... Some people like Leslie, actually. <laughs> some people smoke <laughs> cigarettes dipped in embalming <laughs> fluid, dude. Gets you really <laughs> fucked up, I guess. Uh, don't remind me of high school, man. <laughs> <laughs> now I just take CBD straight to the uh, brain. I just take Kratom in my feet. I'm good. <laughs> I love it. I just rub a little Kratom balm on my feet. I love it. Uh, Leslie, Ecto though. Cooler. Leslie, so. Take the edge off. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> CBD Ecto style. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Leslie's a little weird guy who, throughout the game, is always on the run and screaming. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he's not really on the run though he's more like on the like cute little waddle yeah, yeah. he janky runs <laughs> and so ruvik is trying to like insert him into the neural network or no no so you're you're right but ruvik wants him dead <laughs> right because yeah. like the whole thing is that if he goes into the neural network they'll be able to like mold like mold him that's what it is like right. screw it. so like the one doctor what's the other oh Vic, what's his name I can't remember. Okay, the other doctor. Yeah, I know. Doesn't matter. Doc, we call him, I yeah. guess. Um, and he's an asshole. He's, <laughs> he's horrible. A big asshole. Big piece of shit character. Remember when he's like, oh, we'll go talk to my brother. And he's a fucking zombie? Yeah. Or even worse, when he tells you, like, here, you distract him. Oh, yeah. Or he's like, you're the one with the gun. And then he just goes and starts screaming in the town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wait, am I distracting them or are you? Yeah. I'm the one with the gun, so yeah. I'm going to go sneak around. <laughs> um, Good old Marcelo Jimenez. Oh, That's yeah, weird. yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Fuck him. Marcelo Jimenez. So I think he wants... I love the names in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I think... So Julie needs... Julie needs to get Leslie. Uh-huh. She's in there for that, I assume. Yeah. And Jimenez wants Leslie to alter the realm that right. they're in. And so they both have yeah. their own thing. But then, twist ending, <laughs> Ruvik ends up taking over mm-hmm. uh, Leslie's body. Yeah. And now he just can janky run wherever he wants in the real world. <laughs> yeah. They kind of look similar. Yeah. 
Also, fun fact, that thread does not get picked up in the Evil Within 2. What? Not even a little bit. No. Nope. Oh, fuck that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I am not kidding. It just goes away. No. Not even a Easter egg reference, nothing. Is Sebastian back? Or? Yeah. Okay. It's all about Seb, dude. Great. <laughs> or I should say, fuck. Oh, shit. Shit. That was scary. Oh, weird. <laughs> that was kind of weird. Uh, nothing to see. I don't want to take this bus again. <laughs> uh, I need some fucking CBD. <laughs> Man, that, speaking of goofy shit, that school bus stage is super goofy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you put it really well when you said that the city kind of lays out everything that does and doesn't work in this game. Yeah, because, you know, when you're walking around in the city, it's like the best of the game. Like... You're getting stalked in a little apartment building, but then you're like doing some linear exploration through ruins. Um, but then, you know, then the next stage is like, uh, God, how, how would you even? It's like a auto, like someone else is driving a bus while you're shooting monsters. It feels like a light gun game or something. Like, <laughs> like it switches to Time Crisis. Or it would have been better with a light oh, gun, dude. We love Time Crisis. Totally, we yeah. love Time Crisis so much. I've got Time Crisis 2 in the big box with the gun con. That was my shit when I was like 16. I got that and uh, do you remember the Sega? Sega did House of the Dead 1 and 2 and then they did Vampire Night. Yeah, dude. I got Vampire Night. We we had a fun time playing House of the Dead on tour once and we uh, abandoned Monica and then she was sitting (laughs) in a in a lounge watching um, a trucker lounge a trucker lounge watching uh, SVU and everyone thought she was uh, trying to pick up some work. <laughs> a lot, Lizard. <laughs> oh, my God. It was fucked up. Yeah, we shouldn't well. have left her. But we really wanted to play House of the Dead, so. Time Crisis, though. Time Crisis is way better. Amazing. Yeah. This game could have been Time Crisis-based, and that would be... They should do a spin-off light gun game. Yes. Evil Within Crisis. Nice. And it's only like the school bus part. It's only the school bus part. <laughs> oh my god! Nice. Yeah, it's a really long version of that. That's essentially uh, time crisis. Time crisis. Yeah. yeah, we got really into time crisis because there's a local arcade that has time crisis three. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, and you can drink while you play it. So. Yeah. So it's better. Obviously. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. All right, we can drop the fucking. Time crisis. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we have officially completed the maximum discussion time of Time Crisis. Thank you for listening to Crisis Cast. I've been your host, Crisis. We will now <laughs> Crisis One. Crisis One. I'm here with my friend Crisis Two. Crisis Cole. <laughs> Crisis Cole. Crisis James. <laughs> Crisis James is over there in White Settlement, Texas, a real place. <laughs> oh shit we came back to it yeah so you're on the bus it's like a light game sorry james continue oh yeah dude the part after the bus where you have to get off the bus before you get on the bus again this shit was hard as fuck yeah like, you have to like go to an ambulance that was like the hardest part of the game for me well besides the chapter three bullshit so it's like yes. it's like an obstacle course plus stealth plus a ton of enemies yeah i felt like i was in like nickelodeon guts or something yeah totally you were trying to get that aggro crag bro and on your yeah on your way back from getting that aggro crag <laughs> fucking uh, a, a, like armored personnel carrier shows up with like a giant like mounted machine gun yeah and then you're like machine gunning shit like remember that game mercs i felt like i was playing mercs. yeah okay and so this okay all right circle back we're circling back we're circling back do not take this game seriously <laughs> like, oh yeah <laughs>
Okay. No, you should. <laughs> like, <laughs> just stress yourself out. You know, don't really let yourself have any fun. I mean, just the idea of a fast zombie using a mounted cannon. Like, yeah. Come yeah. on, bro. Yeah, I'm really loving this thing of you trying to make it sound like it's fun. And I'm like, no, it's real. It's serious. <laughs> so the, get used to it. The thing about Evil Within is it's a documentary and this all happened. This is all fucking real. Imagine if they broadcast the Evil Within instead of War of the Worlds. but could you imagine them trying to like do that in like 30s radio style (laughs) and now there's a bunch of fast zombies and now he's sneaking around them oh there's a man with a chainsaw watch out here comes laura she's fast it's a spider woman you better light her up pull out your matchbook you've only got two (laughs) this crazy man has got eight pockets but only one match somebody hasn't been smoking the cigarettes which are still good for you I love this. All right. <laughs> Tune in for the full radio drama. The Evil Within. Chapter one. Maybe that's where he got his vest. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I mean, like, what, what do you what do you guys think about this game ultimately? Like it's it's a weird like who do you recommend it to like what the fuck you have to like action games yep you have to like horror games Uh uh-huh um you have to be patient uh, yeah or at least ready to be um you you also have to like not yeah it's a difficult game there's like a lot of trial and error and like dying and re replaying bits Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could see that being like infinitely frustrating for a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. It's very gamey. So like expect to die a ton and be okay with that. Um, it's beautiful yeah. though. I love it. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of my favorite games. Yeah. I'm with you. That's why I'm here. There's so much of it. That it's like a meal you can't finish. Yeah. It's like yeah. 15 chapters. Mm-hmm. 20 hours depending on how bad you are at it which <laughs> yeah, i was really fucking bad at yeah. in 2014 yeah. um yeah i mean you gotta like you gotta like guns kind of uh-huh. <laughs> in like a video game meaning i should say <laughs> yeah not like an like, nra way yeah if you like guns you will not like this game because right. you'll be oh, too yeah. busy shooting guns <laughs> um we didn't talk about how goofy that crossbow is. That oh, crossbow dude. is very goofy what to me. What the fuck is that thing? <laughs> the harpoon shooter? What yeah. era is that from? Mm. It's cause you find it looks it, like something you'd like kill whales with at the turn of the century. You find it in chapter three, right? Yeah. 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 So I think it's that. I think it's from the 30s. Again, I hate the way you get to chapter three, where you just fucking kick a bunch of zombies and then jump into the lake and stuff it's like <laughs> yeah. why can't we do this the whole game yeah yeah whatever i get it i understand they have to progress the story um i feel like this game is for people who okay you enjoyed resident evil 4 yeah that's a good start you like really hard games and you're okay with being frustrated sometimes mm-hmm. you like a good adventure story and you want to be spooked out and most mm. importantly, you're willing to work with the game because as I've said over and over and over, you have to play it on easy. You have to set the settings so it works with your computer if you're playing on PC. 
you have to turn off the black bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to get used to the controls, get used to the stealth. You have to learn how to play it. Like Upgrade your character. <laughs> upgrade your character with Kratom. And <laughs> if you do all of that, you find this experience that's really fun. You know? And it's like... Mm-hmm. I get it. We we just talked about it in a Patreon episode about difficulty in games. Like a lot of times you're just like, I'm not ready for the difficulty that this game is putting out. Yeah. Um, but if you are looking for a game that you want to invest a little time in and get good at, and it ends up being very fun and rewarding and showing you a lot of cool aesthetics, then this game is totally for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think a game that you, if you liked the last of us, you'll love this game. Okay. See, neither of us have played mm. that. Me oh, really? James. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, The Last of Us is like a really fleshed out version of this game, and it does have some horror elements, a little different, but a lot of like stealth kills that actually work. Yeah. And then mm. a lot of survival, but while maintaining an open world feel. Okay. It's very cool. Yeah, it looks great. Yes. I'm. I really think I need to get like a PS3 or a PS4 to play some of these fucking PlayStation games yeah, for the show. They're really good. Yeah. PS4s are about to be hella cheap. So Jesus Christ, maybe I'll get one for <laughs> 60 bucks at the flea market. Dude, I'm fucking telling you the minute that they set a release date for the PS5, yeah. you're going to be able to go to any, um, exactly. Pawn shop. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have my buddy Tim, our buddy Tim, take yeah. me to the pawn shop and pawn buy shop me a, psycho. He'll probably fucking buy me a PS4, dude. Oh Yeah. He, he, he probably yeah. has two. Yeah. I will say The Last of Us has a very uh, evil within feel. Mm-hmm. And so for your listeners that liked that game, if they've played it. Yeah. And it's scary. That's so. a solid rack. Yeah. If you like that, you'll like those. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this game has, it's more, it's from what I've seen of The Last of Us, this game is more ridiculous. Yes. It's more Japanese. Yep. Yeah. And it's just more over the top. That game is more survival based. Sure. Um, but you're equally, uh, you're not taught well. So right, there's not you know any way to learn how to play it. You just have to do it yourself. I think the common thread is trying to take the idea of survival horror literally. Yeah, I think in mm. The Last of Us they have their own way of dealing with it, and this game has its own way of dealing with it too. Yeah, in this game it's like though if you had tried to do that while you were on acid, mm-hmm. and also <laughs> just a real mess of a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. One thing I want to talk about really quick, if I can just quit, say this very quickly, is people on the internet have played this game way too much. Okay. And so if any of your listeners are struggling, apparently you can play this game without taking damage. <laughs> nice. So there's, there's people that, that... but nice. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. But <laughs> come on. That's like insane. If you need guidance, so it's If you need guidance, YouTube. there is like a psychopath that played this game a million times. So... <laughs> I mean, people have beaten Dark Souls with their, like, controllers not plugged in, so (laughs) nothing surprises me anymore. That's amazing. People have beaten Dark Souls using the Donkey Kongos. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the bongos. Donkey bongos? Or, like, the dance dance pads. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Or the the steering wheel is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Is that real? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to play incredible. Dark Souls with an old school flight sim stick. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> or like a MIDI controller keytar. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's my shit. That would be a great yeah. uh, Kickstarter <laughs> support for one of those MIDI keytars or whatever. Use the tone bend wheel to like roll. That's amazing. 
The wheel? Yeah. Dark Souls? I've never played Dark Souls, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, Cole watched me play like two minutes of Dark Souls once. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I play like skateboarding video games. <laughs> Just so your listeners know, I really like uh, the skateboarding video game. <laughs> genre. Yeah, genre. So fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring that genre back. They you know, did. Dude, you know what we should make? I'll edit this out because this is a million dollar idea right here. Are you listening, James? <laughs> Don't edit it out. Mm-hmm. Horror skateboarding. <laughs> Dude, I'm so down for that. Yeah. yeah. It could be like It Chapter 2 Skateboarding Edition. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> Bill Hader is the skater. Hader Tony Hawk's skater. Haunted House. Haunted Skate Park. Oh my god. That's gotta be a thing, right? There's kind of like some decrepit. I think um, Thug, Tony Hawk's Underground. <laughs> Had a little yeah. bit of the haunted house vibe. Too. Yeah. Well, the entire soundtrack would be like grind and roll, like entombed. Yeah. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Entombed. It's just the one. Something in- you could still skate to. Yeah. The one entombed song you get the rights to just plays on a loop. Yeah, you could do like Slayer. You could do. What could you skate to? A terrorizer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Do some uh, street sex. Yeah. You could do some weird uh, oh, laser yeah. rock. Yeah. Clipping. Little napalm death for the kids. Oh, hell yeah. Napalm. For the cool kids. You gotta have napalm death for the kids. I mean, like, the kids need that now. Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, Rob. Didn't they? Living Dead Girl. Oh, Dragula. Those songs are so good. <laughs> What's this movie coming out? It's a. Uh, uh, Three from Hell. Yeah. He's aw- his movies are awful. <laughs> yeah. really, I have like no interest in seeing any of them. Yeah. There's... The Lighthouse comes out next week though. I can't wait for that. Dude, I'm fucking fired big up. Big the Witch fan over here. Oh yeah, big Witch. Yeah, fan. Witch was like best horror movie of the decade for me. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay, I saw that movie in Florida on a vacation. <laughs> nice. We were staying my partner's uh dad, he works for a law firm that the firm owner has a huge mansion. Uh, on like a beach and we were drinking every day and just like swimming having a blast and we were like let's go see that cool witch movie (laughs) and so like we went to like a theater in florida in the middle of winter to see that movie which we we love horror movies so we were ready for it but no one in the there was like two people in the theater yeah it was so fucking good though oh yeah (laughs) yeah awesome i went and saw that movie as far away from the city as i could stand the drive so that no one would be in the theater and it was amazing. Very smart, yeah. Yeah. It was such a crazy experience. Just blast and loud, nobody in the theater. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like to I've been really digging the Ari Aster stuff too. So I know you're not on it, but I saw Midsummer you finally. Did? Not your thing? <laughs> well, okay, here's my take on Ari Aster. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, there's another podcast that I'm on. I'm the second banana on. It's called Demon Daddies. Demon Daddies is a podcast where we cover horror movies. And we did an episode on Hereditary mm-hmm. where the guy, one of the dudes who was a co-host at the time, really went in on it. And I think he sort of colored. It's, it's my friend Matthew. Hi, Matthew. He kind of colored <laughs> the perception of how I felt about the movie. So everybody thinks that I hated Hereditary. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> hate Hereditary. I There are parts about it I really didn't like. I would say overall, I thought it was okay. And then I watched Midsummer. And I was expecting a lot because everybody liked it. And you told me it was great and blah, blah, blah. I watched it. I thought Midsummer was also okay. 
Mm. It didn't blow me away. I think there are scenes in both movies that are incredible. Like in Midsummer, when the people fall and their faces explode. Yeah. To try and avoid mm. spoilers here. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That was like, yeah. holy shit, that rules. Yeah. But overall, I think I figured out my hot take on Ari Aster that I think is also kind of fair. My hot take on Ari Aster is he's the kind of artist who interpolates the work of other better artists and packages it in a way that's somehow more palatable for other people. Hmm. He's the Wes Anderson of horror. Yes. My take on him is that he's okay. And if you know these other better artists, it's kind of just uninspiring to watch his movies and it's hard Mm. to get into. I couldn't stop thinking about like Rosemary's baby with fucking that first one. Even within three, we can't wait for it. <laughs> Apparently, they're going to introduce a skateboard into the game. <laughs> Thank God. No, it got like super canceled. Even within? That's what this genre yeah. needs. Sad. Nah, he's doing another one called Ghostwire Tokyo. It's ah. going to be basically Evil Within 3, but not in Crimson Crimson City. Yeah, that's a bummer. K Rimson City. K Rimson. Well, I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, K yeah, Rimson. Yeah. So, to me, the big bummer about this game is that the sequel is way better. Like, it's a whole other class of game. It's incredible, and it feels like nobody played it. And they, the yeah. series got canceled basically. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get another one. And a lot of people just got hung up on this game and the problems with this game. And it's like, dude, fuck the problems with this game. Go play the other one. And if you want more, come back and play this game. That's my official recommendation. I can't stress yeah. enough that this game is fun to play. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we, we've made it seem like it's a goofball, whatever thing, but it's really great. Yeah. Like it's a blast. Get to it again. Loot. You guys got to put some pointers in. Do a Patreon. That's all about pointers. <laughs> pointers. How we beat the game. Crash Bandaloot, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Solid. Solid three stars. Oh my god, James, with the fucking ratings. You're on three stars on this one. I'm at three out of five. What stars. did IGN give it? I remember when this game came out. I remember IGN gave it like nine out of ten or something. No. Yeah. The well, problem with IGN is that they're bad journalists. Yeah, yeah, you can pay them to do that. Um, yeah. IGN gave it an 8.7 out of 10. That's fucking amazing. Um, okay, I give this, I give The Evil Within 10 out of 10. <laughs> Look listeners. how, like, 1890s Jack the Ripper he looks in that press photo God. on the IGN review. It's so bad. Look how misleading that is. I will That's say weird. the ad campaign for this game was great. I don't remember it. I don't remember it either. That's why it hooked me. Okay. Mm. That's like what got me. It was a, the trailers are all really scary. Huh. Really, well, really good. And that's the thing about this game is that there's all these crazy cinematic scary parts. Yeah. That kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like you're playing it and then it's just suddenly like a crazy horror movie. Mm-hmm. And that's actually an element of this game that I really love. Yeah. And like, I think that's a bit undersold. And I think we've been underselling it too. Cause there's goofy cutscenes where the guy's like, I lost my glasses. And yeah. the other guy's like, shit. But then there's also yeah. cutscenes that are really cool and scary and psychedelic. Yeah. It's just hard to like get granular about the narrative because it's so not worth talking about. Yeah. In, in like a big picture way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
So you'd just be stuck talking about like scenes, you know? Yeah. I mean, good scenes in there though. Yeah. (laughs) It's a tone poem. (laughs) Look it up. Okay. It's, It's essentially that like the game just strikes all these different notes and it presents you with pieces of narrative or pieces of imagery and they're all cool and they're strung together within a game that's fun to play. Mm -hmm. And to me, it just comes together into something that is worth your time. A three out of five experience. (laughs) No, you know what? For the first time in my life, I'm going to say I'm rocking with IGN 8.7 out of 10. You're going to go with it. (laughs) I got a rating out of Ollie. Yeah. Yeah, my friend was telling me the other day about his Uber score. He said Ooh. he had a 4.74. And I was like, that's like a 7.9 on Pitchfork. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very good. 6.3 on Pitchfork. Oh, that's the biggest bummer. Have you been rated on Pitchfork, James? No. Sad. I'm sorry to hear that. Are you on the website at all? I I haven't looked. I <laughs> doubt should, it. You should I don't check. know. <laughs> that's just a big, that's a big thing for me, so... <laughs> What having like a six on pitchfork? Uh, yeah, I would love to have. I would love to have a four. Wow. <laughs> yeah, some of my favorite like albums have gotten like threes or fours. So, yeah. I mean, whatever, um, man. Dismember. I don't. Playing. I don't trust critics. That's the thing. Like, like I like reading reviews, but I don't like. I don't know. So many horror movies that have gotten shitty reviews, I really like. Yeah, and vice versa, and and games. Same too. thing with albums. Yeah, like. Yeah, so... I mean, I feel like a lot of the games that we've uh, sort of stand the hardest for on this podcast probably got fives and sixes when they came out. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a seven to eight is like, I don't know what to say about this game. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Just commit to it. Yeah. Yeah. Dive in. (laughs) Just do it. Give it a six. Give it a six. (laughs) Give it a 6.3. Yeah, I feel like the ultimate flex is getting the like 2.0 on Pitchfork and then 15 years later them giving you the 10. Yeah. Maybe I just don't like music enough to care about that. Yeah. Like I never click on articles like that. Really? I just want to listen to, I don't know. I feel like word of mouth is still the best way to get music. Oh, oh yeah. For sure. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Or like hearing it <laughs> yeah, and saying I like it. Imagine that. Well, it's like, I feel like people have been for years now on this campaign to be like, fuck radio. Yeah. And it's like, no, the radio is actually incredible. It works. And it's like, whether it's a big local station that plays pop music or rap or R&B or whatever, or it's like your college radio. I mean, like our college radio here in Minneapolis is like award winning. It's a big deal. Radio K. I still support the shit out of them. Yeah. And I oh, always try right. and get our music yeah. on there. Cause it's like, it's really important. Yeah. You know, totally. I, I, I harp on this a lot. Like I think the problem with like this generation of media is there's a big curation problem, you know, and that's what radio does well or did well, you know, back in the day. And uh, that's another problem with, like, streaming services and shit, too. And that's why people just, like, fucking scroll for hours on Netflix or Amazon and never watch anything. Because no thing's curated, you know? Um, how do you guys find video games? Like, horror games. Like, I, I just don't know how you created a niche <laughs> podcast. Um, well... And I, under- like, I understand the story between you two, but I don't understand, like, how you keep... 
Well, oh, there's so many games. I mean, yeah, there's like for sure. Ton of games. But like, what do you? How do you guys like discover what's worth your time? Like, what's you know? So it's a mix. Okay. So just like the show, if you look at what we've covered, mm-hmm. it's a mix of new stuff. Um, yeah. It's a mix of stuff from the PS1 and PS2 era, mm-hmm. sort of the classic era of survival horror. Yeah, and then kind of random stuff in between. And I would say for new stuff, it's stuff that's just getting buzzed that people are talking about. For old stuff, it's either stuff that we've read about or that we played in the past mm-hmm. already. Um, yeah. And then stuff in between. I mean, it is a lot of just like reading weird fucking websites. Like, okay. I would totally be lying if I didn't say that I'm looking at Hardcore Gaming 101. Yeah, and that's number one. Rely on horror and like okay. these kind of even more weird niche websites just trying to stay plugged into stuff. It's the yeah. same way you find bands, right? It's like, yeah. you're not just like, oh, I go and read Pitchfork and I just buy all the best new music mm-hmm. shit, right? Like, you're plugged into a bunch of different things. It's the exact same thing. Okay. Yeah, like, when I see, like, m- my friend's band on tour playing with some cool band from some other state I've never been to, I'll check that band out because they were on the flyer, you yeah. know? Shit spreads like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with some of the more like niche indie stuff in video games too, like there's just so many different ways to get that recommendation, like mm-hmm. through Steam or through your friends or through a weird blog or whatever. That you just have to write it down, yeah, and just always like stay up on it. And then another question I had: How do you balance? Because I'm not a big gamer. Yeah. How do you balance playing a video game? Because how long would you know we're going to do this podcast? Like two weeks? Yeah. How did you both fit in a playthrough of a 20-hour game? So, I mean, we kind of try to juggle between long ones and short ones. Mm -hmm. Like, for Evil Within, we kind of, like, purposefully, like, gave ourselves the time to do it. Because this was, like, a... We gave ourselves, like, a whole month. Yeah. Well, this was, like, a week and a half long game for me. Okay. And, like, 12... It was like a 12-hour game, so through a week and a right. half. Yeah. I mean, 10 hours, 10 days, 12 hours. I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes it does take a whole fucking, like, Saturday, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm over <laughs> but we, 20. But. Most survival horror games are, like, less than 10 hours. And right. And I think that's pretty doable. It's doable, but it's a lot. It's a lot. And so to create content, yeah, do you guys struggle with that at all, or is it? I do. Okay. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I know for myself, like, there's just a lot of times where I'm not playing anything but what we're doing on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's times when it's like, yeah, I have to set aside this afternoon or this night to just play a video game. Yeah. That's just, tough. <laughs> it is tough. And it, I definitely, with certain games, have sped through them a little bit. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. In a way that I wouldn't have yeah. otherwise. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think like James said, a lot of it is just trying to be smart about how we pick things. Yeah. So like if we're picking a game, like we know for sure we've done a lot of really time intensive stuff. So we're going to do some shorter games Mm -hmm. in the future, like for the next few episodes. Gotcha. Yeah, we've kind of had like some 16 bit episodes just like in our back pocket. Like, Oh, cool. Because I know we're going to get fucking busy and we're going to just, you know, doing a 16 bit game is going to be really easy. Right. Well, and it's even like if you look at our schedule up to now, like we had Clock Tower nestled in among these longer games. Clock Tower is a game that you can theoretically beat in 30 minutes. Oh. 
So it's just trying yeah. to be smart about that stuff. And then we also have an episode. We did an episode that's about the music of Silent Hill. So there's no video gaming involved. Yeah. And it's kind of the same with all, all the extra content is mm-hmm. just topics. So it's just trying to be smart about that kind of stuff. And yeah. just trying to be smart about our time and just being like, yeah, we can't do like a fucking 28, 30 hour video game. No. And like, if we do that, we've talked about it in the future. We have games on the list. Like Evil Within 2 is really long. Yeah. That's a mm-hmm. game that we're both going to have to be playing in the background for months probably yeah. to yeah. finish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I also sleep less than I used to, just in general. That's just like an engineering. <laughs> With the podcast, yeah. Working. Right. All that kind of shit. So. Yeah. Hey, for your listeners, you know. That's a hot tip. They should know. Sleep less. Oh, can I say one more thing about the game? I'm sorry. I know I keep going. Um, the way... Okay, so you collect the gel, you know, and, and for your listeners that are playing along, I just want to know what they think of collecting gel from the corpses. This guy is such a savage that he'll, like, go to the corpse he just lit on fire and, like, and like harvest gel from their, like, remains. Well, did you notice that, like... Well, the weird thing about that is that the sound effect it makes is like you're scraping up the gel. Yeah. Into a jar. But if you, but if you look at his character model, yeah. he's sucking it into a syringe. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. So it should be like a... <laughs> but instead it, you get a... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, here's... But he s- loves that syringe, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. That's fucked. That's such a Kratom blast. <laughs> He can't get enough. (laughs) Here's what's funny is that, so we did an episode about the original Silent Hill, and there's a one moment, it's once, it's not like this game where it's every two minutes, there's one moment where a dude scoops up a bunch of gruel from the crowd. Nice. (laughs) And we we had a lot to say about that, but then yeah, this game, you just can't even think about it. You get over it so fast. You're like used to harvesting the gel, because then that's when you find out that the gel is coming from like corpses. Yeah. The Fuck game that. never explains the ecto cooler. Does it doesn't, it? and like why you need it. I mean, you God know bless. why you need it, but like it doesn't explain why it's good to put back into your body. <laughs> <laughs> Mainlined through the fucking dome. Also, why doesn't he have scars? Yeah, he shoots it between his toes, so you can't see. So good, dear lord. Is that where the machine goes when he sits on it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the little head thing is just for looks. It's aesthetics. Yeah. Ugh. Nice. Well, I think that's going to do it. I think we covered everything and more. <laughs> we got a little impromptu interview of us from Cole Benson. We got an interview with Cole Benson. <laughs> we did it all. Yeah. Um, wow. What a ride. What a ride. Uh, I feel like I shot Kratom straight into my brain. Yeah. I feel like I'm on my deathbed right now. I feel like you guys aren't going to air this episode. <laughs> oh, dude. We're going to air it unedited. <laughs> we're going to do it oh. again. You release another one, and I'm like, where am I? And you're like, oh, we do had over. to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Very cool. Well, let's do Game Club. Okay. And, and I have okay. a specific reason for being very pushy about doing Game Club because we didn't do it last time we had a guest. Um, game Club is where we say what games we're playing next. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I'm wondering is because I forgot. <laughs> oh, cool. We're playing Fatal Frame 2. Okay, sick. The classic PlayStation 2 ver- Well, I'm playing the classic PlayStation 2 version. Yeah. 
and you're going to play the Wii version. Because I've played the PlayStation 2 version about 11 times. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see the two different uh, versions I of that, that game, game side Holy by shit. side. Yeah. It's a good one. I'll be playing it. <laughs> no, I won't. Oh, gonna... fuck. I'll, uh, nah. I'll talk to Ollie about it. Sick. Uh, what's after that? Because we picked another one, right? Uh, oh, a uh, often requested uh, game, The Suffering. That's right. The Suffering. Yeah. We're going to jail, dude. Everybody wants us to go to jail. What did I? I mean, I blew up that car with my iPhone. What did you do? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just statistically like more likely to go to jail. <laughs> hanging out, hanging out with uh, in white settlement. You know, just it, it's, stuff it's my socioeconomic upbringing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his ancestors were cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well. All right, guys, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see all you cowboys at the rodeo in jail. Stay safe until then. <laughs> Dear, Dear fucking God. God.